The Red Rum Theater, episode 106, Little Giants. Love and marriage, love and marriage They go together like a horse and carriage This I'll tell you, brother Welcome to the Red Rum Theater We watch movies, we love movies, we were raised by movies We are host Ernesto Alaniz And Antonio Marino And every month we look at one of the movies that uh, helped raise us up Wow, that movie raised uh, us right and raised us wrong Man, your voice is jacked. I have to like, I have to literally like, it's like if you're walking, you got a blister on one side of your foot. You got to go to the other side of your foot to try to like balance it. I'm trying to go to a different part of my voice, my throat. Like I go to the deeper part to try to keep, because my voice is naturally like uh, not a bass. If I go yeah, back. Yeah, right. Usually I'm, I have We got high, bass voices, bro. I got a higher voice. When I sing, I sing. <laughs> I sing, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid, dude. Oh, I sing Josh Turner, baby. Lock up doors and turn the light down low. Yeah. Stupid. Dude, it was so funny. I was at Cobblestone the other day, and um, Sam and Amanda, were, they're the bartenders that were working, and this one guy, she asked one guy, do you know Antonio? And he's like, yeah, he's real vocal, right? And I was sitting on the other side of the bar, so then they told me that he said that, and I was like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, oh, by the way, <laughs> really quick, we didn't even get to the introduction. <laughs> Who cares, dude? They they get us once a month. So I had noticed your uh, your big old bottle of lotion right next to the computer down. <laughs> I'm in Ernesto's office. He's like, it's my lips. <laughs> Dude, you ever heard of Carmax Full? Dude, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. During the winter, I get I get really dry hands. I don't know if you notice it's uh, August. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could have been me. Oh my gosh. Anyways, so, so my friend Amanda, she works at Cobble. She by based on her recommendation, she she just started listening to the podcast, so she's she's a fan now. So welcome, Amanda. Um Based on her recommendation, she told me to watch Return to Oz. And for some reason, I've never even heard of this movie. Did you hear of it? Did you know about I've it? heard of it. There's, there's two Oz movies I've heard of. There's The Wiz, which is the black, the black one. Oz, yeah, yeah. And then Return to Oz. And, and The Wiz is more popular than Return to Oz. Yeah, because Michael Jackson's in it. Uh, That's straight up MJ? I think. I thought it was Janet Jackson, is it? Is it Janet? I, I miss Jackson if you're nasty. Anyways, <laughs> Return to Oz is crazy, dude. It's the um, the Waterboy's girlfriend plays Dorothy, Farisa Bulk, dude. It's it's very dark and not for kids. Like it's insane, but I really liked it. Anyways, good recommendation, Meta. So That's let's awesome. move on to Little Giants. Okay, so. What are we saying here? So, uh, okay. So we're talking, about, we're talking about the movie Little Giants and how it taught us to include everybody. Just Everyone. So this movie. I actually had a talk with a few different people since I posted that True Romance thing that your boy is the one, arguably the best actor of all time. Drexel. Dude, Gary Oldman is, yeah. like, in my mind, 
It's Oldman versus Denny Lewis. We'll do that some other day, though. That's another day, another yeah. conversation. Um, I can't really argue with that one. That's probably those two, those two are the ones you fight for. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I was gonna I was gonna talk trash, but then I remembered about the butcher, so I can't say nothing. <laughs> uh, it drops October fourteenth, nineteen ninety four. Drink your milk. <laughs> <laughs> 30% It's 36% Rotten Tomatoes Dude Whatever this, this, dude. Can, Listen And I know why I'm they, done with these scores Listen the If reason, it wasn't for the 100% Rating for Danny Trejo's documentary I wouldn't care Hey listen Last night I, I On Disney Plus There's a new a show called Muppets Now Which is It's not a great show Is it the one where he was on where Trejo was on Muppets Now he, Where Kermit did the It was a cooking It was a cooking segment Him versus the Swedish chef No and they, Dude, they start staring each other down, and Trails put his mean, and they're doing a mustache <laughs> off, dude. They're both twirling their mustaches. No, it's so, it's so, that's worth watching. It. It's, it's, dude, it's he's only in the one segment, but it was the best segment, dude. And oh, the chefs dude. trying to cut up jalapenos, and they're trying to warn him that he'll burn his fingers. And it's so funny, dude. It's he makes YouTube in it. He makes mole tacos, dude. It's really funny. Well, you know, Danny Trails got. A, a restaurant chain of tacos. Dude, in they introduce Trejo and go through his like, 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 like uh, actor, um, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, restauranteur. They just go through everything he's done. The guy's a stud, dude. He's a, he's stud. a stud, dude. Still sponsors addicts, and someday he will be on your. Oh, I, I will definitely. I already got the guy. Um, our boy Gerard Tony. His tattoo artist is a really good at uh, portraits. Really? Yeah. So I'm gonna actually. Uh, I'm gonna do my chest first, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have him do my Danny Trejo. Dude, I, I met this girl today, and she uh, had a uh, full arm of ink. So I asked her, "What's this? it? Wasn't color? It was not like it was just the black and white. Yeah, black and white." And I said, like, "Hey, what's this?" And she told me what this is. You know, this is the universe, and this girl's looking towards the universe and how we're small, and the universe is so big. And this is my my parents' favorite flowers. And she tells this whole story, and I'm like, and the, the thing is, the middle of the whole tattoo is this beautiful portrait of a woman. Like of her face, and it's like really, it's really good In detail. Like, I mean, yeah. it just I'm like, she told me everything's for that that one central piece, and that's the whole. You tell us the, so I'm like, but who's this this girl? She's like, my cousin, and I'm like, is she still with us? She's like, no. I'm like, okay, like I, I can see like the sadness. Damn, like, dude. I was like, man, dude, she, she got. We I mean, were doing a comedy. <laughs> we are doing a comedy. Anyways, I can see why. They give us the 36% because Little Giants is the classic underdog sports formula. The thing about movies is there are classics. Sorry, Zach. Barber Zach. <laughs> Rookie of the year is not better than Little Giants as Listen, much as you wanted he it said, to be. He said, he said, what does Little Giants have that Rookie of the Year didn't have? And I said, Al Bundy? It has Ed O'Neill and Luke Moranis. And he's like, well, we have Daniel Stern and John Candy, Rookie of the Year. I'm like, yeah, but they're small. Yeah. and O'Neill. Like, the movie's about those, their they, brother, their, their. They drive the yeah. movie and they drive it well. Even their argument at the end when they put up their prospective businesses, they, like Rick Moranis was all emotion. And he's like, what am I doing? Because like, he had to keep up with his brother. It's it's <laughs> brutal. It's brutal, dude. I can't, I can't, I love and hate how he chews gum. <laughs> anyway, so the thing about movies is sometimes there are. Like the movie Avatar, everyone said, oh, it's Deacon Dancing with Wolves, or it's Last Samurai. Fern Gully. Fern, <laughs> yeah, Fern Gully meets Dancing with Wolves. The thing about movies is, movies, 
there aren't a lot of original stories. Like, Take is a revenge film. You know what I'm saying? John Wick, a revenge film. These movies, we have, there's a movie called Revenge in like 94 with Kevin Costner, Madeline Stowe, and Anthony Quinn is the bad guy. Really? You ever seen that one? I'm sure I have. It sounds familiar. He's a mafia guy, helps Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner falls in love with the guy's wife. He beat, he, he kills the girl. Oh, I should tell you all this stuff. First of all, <laughs> Madeline Stowe has a history of playing a hoochie mama, dude. Dude, she loves it, dude. I'll tell you what, though, man. Speaking of Daniel Day-Lewis, doesn't get much better than the last of Mohicans, dude. Madeline Stowe's the girl. She's great. That's her finest performance. Her sister is my favorite, dude. Whose sister? Madeline Stowe's little sister is the one that uh, jumps off the cliff because her her man gets killed. Oh, my God. Dude, Daniel, that... I'll tell you what, dude. The old man gets Mogwai. That's the best scene, and one of the best scenes in movie history. And that movie is so great because it doesn't try to put Day Lewis no, as a hero. It he's knows. not the man. He's not even the last Mohican. No, <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> There's this movie. It was like this, this mission. It was like this mission. It was impossible. <laughs> I told Bob about that, Tim. Um, but so movies can have. Cliches in them. The, what makes a movie good is the heart and how you do it, and a cast can elevate a film to a whole new level. You take a like, you don't know say that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a limb. Oh man, people, I blow my head off. I don't even care. Disney's doing all these remakes. They did redid the Lion King, which was a bad idea because you can't touch that movie. So good. To be honest, dude, I wasn't even really that into Aladdin either. So Aladdin, I'm like. Like Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, those three 90s Jungle films, Books. Jungle Book killed them all. Jungle Book, the Jungle Book cartoon isn't very good. No. So, but the John Favre Jungle Book. It's got Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> and Idris is a good Idris is con. a gangster. He's, Idris is amazing oh, in so, everything. He was amazing in that stinking Prometheus, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You know why, dude? dude. See 10 minutes, B? <laughs> his face, dude. Because he just goes for it. And he thinks he's like, oh. And like, if why, you know what? Why not? Like my boy Dan McCaslin says, if you ask 10 girls and one says yes, you still getting laid. <laughs> so stupid, dude. That was pre-family. <laughs> he's like, shoot, that was weak. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, dude. So, um, so yeah. So this movie, like certain movies, even using um, old cliches, you get great cast in there. Like Aladdin, you can't compete with Robin Williams' genie. You can't. To be honest, you can't really compete with Gilbert Gottfried Parrot either, dude. That is the part they couldn't even. They no, I don't think I go even talked. No, he did, but the voice was. It was like the new Geico commercials. You're just like, oh, gosh. Dude, Godfrey's Iago is great. He's it's great. amazing. You know, in part two, they try to make him a good guy. Oh, like, he's such a two. great... Was Robin Williams in part two? No, it was Homer Simpson played his voice. Shut up, It's dude. terrible. Anyways, Will Speaking Smith... Speaking of terrible, dude. I Rookie watched Aladdin, Yeesh. and I watched uh, the new Aladdin, and you know what? Will Smith made the role his own, and it was it was still fun. Will Smith was the best part of the movie. He's a dude. I love how it starts. I love how it ends. Love how it begins yeah. and ends. I was like, well, hello. I, I yeah. was like, you 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 have my attention. Um, so 
Little Giants is a classic underdog sports story, but Ed O'Neill with Moranis elevate this to a new oh, level. Oh, man. Those two as actors. It shows you that this starts at childhood. Opening On their bikes. Scene. Yeah. Opening scene. And listen, I'm going to go here right now. You know what? There's a scene in Breaking Bad, this show. You see the whole thing? Man, who are you talking to? Okay. Took you 18 years to watch the whole thing. Remember the old man, the wheelchair man? Remember the old Mexican? Oh, yeah. And when the kids are young? When he starts drowning one of them? Yes. And he tells- Because they were fighting with each other? Yes. Yeah. And he, That's a valuable lesson right there, dude. dude. <laughs> I was watching, and I was just nodding my head, which is not- Sometimes I have the wrong reaction when I watch things. You do. I'm, I'm like- You're not. bad, dude. At least I do it by myself. You do it in front of your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but listen- Brothers have to have each other's back. Brothers don't shake hands. And me and you, we moved around so much. Yeah. I mean, even if we have to their hell at home. We had to stick together outside the house. Because you have nobody else. And no one, we, we'd move to, we moved to the UP, the whitest part of America, yo. We moved up a peninsula. They never even heard of a non-white up there, dude. Well, they heard of uh, Native Americans. There was a reservation up there? What do I look like? A freaking Indian? <laughs> Is that Rocky Balboa? <laughs> you got a reservation? Paulina. Paulina. No, there was an Indian kid in my class. Was there? There wasn't many, dude. I mean, Hiawatha's up there, so there's got to be some kind of tribe up there. Anyways, we went up there. Everything up there is Indian, dude. But I'm saying I didn't know where the reservation yeah, was. Yeah. If there's reservation land up there, I don't know where it is. But, um... We mo- so we, we move all the time to these communities. With, we had no friends. And most communities we moved to were small town communities where literally everyone already knew each other their whole lives. Yeah, we, we were always walk- late. We were always late to the... Moving to the Steakin. We, we moved schools in Flint all the time. We'd sneak in. We, Shoot, we the, went to, what, three or four different elementaries? Dude, it was crazy. Went to the UP, Upper um, Peninsula. And I went to two schools in the UP. I went to Rudyard and then Steakin Kenslow. Yeah, because you left. Um, and then uh, went, to, went to Waterford. So it's, we're always going to new areas where people already had established relationships. You're coming in brand new. And man, as brothers, we had to watch this back. And in this movie, he doesn't have his brother's back. Like, yeah, that's the, the big I brother, did notice that. Do he, he jumps his little brother to be cool with his boys. Yeah. And he will never forget that. He never does. Nope. Like, the, uh, it's over sports. The little brother is not an athlete. And I don't even know, you don't know if he's good or bad. We don't know if he's medium. He's just he's tiny. And he's younger than them. Yeah. He's older brother. But he, he, even as adults, he's small. He's a he small, small guy. And so, see, the movie opens, and it's um, the, the O'Shea brothers. And uh, the one brother's real good at football. He yep. goes, someday, our names will be on that, on that water tower. And it literally shows what a tower. It fades, and it's just him. And it's the it's a good opening. It is it really sets, good, dude. You get a lot of like, like you get a lot like you. They know set the story. story right there. Boom! It's 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 actually a really good just. <laughs> it's in. good for kids and the parents that are watching. Straight up. So, let's do with the cast. Rick Moranis. It's if you know the podcast, he's a national treasure, dude. We love Rick Moranis. Um, he's been great. I've seen almost every movie he's ever been in. There's probably a few out there I've not seen. I can't seen. think of anything. That- probably some small role. I mean, f- I mean, we're back all the way to SCTV. Yeah. Bob and Doug McKenzie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Straight Sprue. What? I can't believe Re-ramp that. Re-ramp that. Dude, I mean, if, if they put out an album tomorrow, 
I dropped fifteen dollars on it. No, no. I dropped thirty on the record. <laughs> Instant. Woo, woo, what? Era, era. It's the rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> it's a stripping scene, isn't it? It's, it's the John Lovitz movie. Where like he, a rhinestone, <laughs> yeah. The high school one. High school high. <laughs> Dude, John Lovitz plays the principal and they get fun of all the like stand by me, so lean bad. on me. Um, Tia Carrera in it? I think she is. It's a love interest. Dude, there is no there's no there's no world. There's no universe. There's no parallel dimension where John Lovitz gets Tia Carrera's attention. I mean, it's the same thing on uh, Grown Ups. You know who Adam Sandler's wife is? Selma Hyatt. Oh yeah. That guy's dreaming. He's living in a dream. Yeah, well, world. He's almost he's worth half a billion, so he probably could have made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway. Dude, was, by the way, did you hear it's taking Antonio Banderas got COVID, bro? I heard. He's dude. in quarantine. Is he all right? I mean, I don't know. We ain't boys. I didn't call him up. Text going. him up. You all right, Tony? You all right? And he said, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you want to go hang out? No, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what movie was that from right there? No, cheers. No, it's, like, it's one of my favorite scenes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, His accent is the best, dude. I there's my favorite. He, I think Bruce Campbell has my favorite F word of all time in Ash vs Evil Dead, and I think and to be there's my favorite S word. Um, when um, <laughs> it's from Assassins, like there's a time him and Sly. Yeah, it's a, not a great movie. There's a curse in that. That's like it's just he's so frustrated. It's so funny, dude. Did you see the latest Expendables? He's in it. He's awesome. He wants to hang with those guys. And he, they don't want him. He plays <laughs> the old dude that's trying to be young, but he's still in real good shape. And Sly's putting together a young crew. And Antonio Banderas is trying to try out for it, but he's like in his 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Antonio Banderas, dude. But um, Merck Moranis, we love him. And in this, in this, he, he, he plays so well that just, that every man, that lovable, kind yep. every man. And he just, he just, it's hard not to like the guy. And turns out, some actors can do something on screen and, and the real person sucks. Rick Moranis disappeared off the face of the earth. And we, f- and we find out later with the internet, with the rise of the internet, we find out after we've grown up why he disappeared. He didn't, he didn't like not make it. The guy, had, probably people calling him all the time to do movies. I guarantee you that dude could have done Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 18, dude. I mean, he had <laughs> franchises. He had a franchise. He did, dude. The reason he walked away is because his wife got cancer and died. And he left the Hollywood machine to raise his kids. I mean, literally, the Rick Moranis we love from the movies is like the real guy. He's probably he's better than the one we see on My Blue Heaven and Parenthood. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a great role that was, dude. He's in some bangers, bro. When he... Walks into her class singing. Yep. What song does he see when he walks in? I don't remember. Suddenly appears. Yeah. Is that the Every one? time you oh, are near. <laughs> Dude, and all the kids in the class. They're like this. Look at this fool. <laughs> <laughs> laughing at him. But he, he, dude, he turned, dude, turns it on, dude. He gets her. Dude, man. He's got to step up on a shoebox to grease them <laughs> lips, though. But Moranis plays the little brother who got left behind. And you know what? He runs a gas station. Turns out his wife passed away in the... Dude, that's crazy. 
It, no, the wife didn't die. She left she him. She left him she and her. She left him. And then remember what the daughter says to him? She didn't leave. She just went to go play for a better team. And oh he's just like, gosh. Because he, he's trying to raise her like a boy. It's like, all he knows. Yeah. Like, he loves his daughter. Dude, that scene is sad because she's devastated. Oh, gosh, dude. Because Ed O'Neill, not only is he the the pro quarterback, he's married to the head cheerleader, too. Like, the, the whole his whole life got, lives on a great, on a nice side of town. Yep. Drive, what does he drive? He drives a seeking, um Corvette. Drives a red Corvette, right? Remember when he's racing the go-kart, dude? <laughs> Rick Brannis in that little <laughs> tiny go-kart. He's so funny. He fits in that thing. You know what's great, though, is the whole town knows them both. That he owns the gas station. And Ed O'Neill owns the stinking used car dealership. Dude, he's like, uh, who was that guy back in the day in Oakland County? How far? Keep on selling cars yeah, all the time. He did, dude. I don't know why. He was the former lion, Mel Fire, dude. <laughs> How'd you know that so fast, dude? I'll tell you the story after. Oh shoot! But <laughs> all these used sports guys, these these are these old retired sports guys. They do the car thing. I don't yeah. know why. Mel Fire did it here in Michigan. That's dude, really funny. Listen, if Barry Sanders was selling Chevy Cruises, I would have bought one from him and Frankenmuth, dude. You dude, know what I'm saying if if Barry would have sold. Dude, if it's like Tam, as I said, Thomas was selling cars, I'd go buy it just to meet the guy. Like, Isaiah, Isaiah, sign, 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 no jersey. He's the baddest boy. <laughs> but, uh, and he, I'd be like, I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> Straight up, Patrick Swayze. Rob Lowe on Rogan, they talk about Swayze because they start talking about the outsiders. If you look at the picture of them, if you zoom in on the feet, Swayze's standing on bricks, so he's taller than everybody. No. Yeah, they did it today on Rogan. Rogan was dying, dude. No. Yeah. Swayze was vain? Yeah, he's the most beautiful man, but he's short. He was short. He's Tom Cruise short. Yeah. But he also, dude, they, they did a whole, they were talking about Farley a lot too, dude. Holy It was God. a great podcast. I got to listen to this. So you have, you have Rick And Moranis. your boy, Bill Paxton, they talk about a lot too. Rick Moranis plays a little brother. Then you have Ed O'Neill as Kevin O'Shea. Now listen. Not everyone's an Ed O'Neill fan, but when back in the day, come on now, if you're not, back in the day, I never got into Modern Family. No, didn't need to. <laughs> All I need to know about is Pokai, fool. Um, Four st- touchdowns in a single game. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sneaking when we back in the day, there was three channels: ABC, NBC, CBS. And then when we're we're growing, we, we're we're growing up. Fox we're like, hit later. We're like probably eight, nine, and Fox hits. And also you have the Simpsons, and you have running the show called Married with Children. All after school, always beyond because it's syndication already. And we'd watch that thing every day. I mean, it, it's 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 not a good show, like as far as but it's, oh man, yeah, it is. It's like because Ed, Ed O'Neill is this. He plays Al Bundy, which is a classic character. <laughs> Al Bundy, he's the every man's man. Because he's in one hand, he's defeated. He, he's resigned. Oh my gosh, he's like life sucks. It's crapped on me, and I'm just gonna. This is what it is. But w- once in a while, he's like, like you know what? I'm still a man, and it'll just kill. He'll just stand up to the world and slap it around. And when he does that, it's hard not to like. Like when just, he beats up Kelly's boyfriend in the yes, movie theater. Did, yes. <laughs> dish, dish, dish. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> just, he, 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 his face is too. He just eat the popcorn. She's like, Daddy, what do you say? She's like, 
Will you beat up beat up that man? Beat up, you yeah, because he's with he's on yeah. a date with another guy. <laughs> Will you beat up that man? Okay, honey, but you put the popcorn up and just jumps the seat. He <laughs> doesn't ask questions. Just no. goes and beats the guy. The best is when he's on the roof fixing the <laughs> antenna and the the mannequin falls. He's like, oh, pop. <laughs> Or what was it, the flush flush matic three thousand or something? Oh, he got the new toilet because <laughs> he'd always and his the his toilet. big thing was leaving butt all the playboys because <laughs> he had always she won right. Yep. Did something happen to those magazines again? I don't know. I'm sure he gets screwed every time. Dude, every he gets destroyed every time. Did so the neighbor Marcy yep. Darcy Marcy Marcy her husband changes in yeah. the show right? Yep. Steve the, leaves and Jefferson shows up. But then Steve comes back on an episode <gasps> with Jefferson. No! Yeah, because apparently Steve left to go do some adventure or something. I don't know. But, but I remember that episode. Al Bundy, I mean, his, his, just ev- everyone just beats on him. His kid, his daughter, his wife. But once in a while, and we watched, I've seen h- hundreds of those episodes. Way too many. I remember when they were in some country, <laughs> and there was uh, Peep and Tom. Yes! And and he and uh, his wife was all upset. Peg was all upset because the peep peep down never peeped on her. So then he wanted to make her feel better, so he got a ladder and <laughs> put it up. And he's like, he doesn't know what to do. So he just he's in the window and he's like, peep peep <laughs> peep. And he's doing it to make her feel better. But then all the ladies in town, the, there he is, girls. And he's like, oh no, they not landed down and beat him down. <laughs> like. That's a sweet thing to do. I know. I remember him going, peep, peep. I remember that. He's got the pantyhose on his head. (laughs) Peep. (laughs) Um, But remember when she's like, rub my feet. And he's like, Peggy, I wouldn't rub your feet if Jeannie popped out of him. (laughs) (laughs) He had one-liners for me. Oh, he had all the one-liners. And you know what? He was so mean. He's a, he sold women's shoes. Yep. And he was he so was brutal. mean to brutal. women. He was like, And it... Okay, so <laughs> we meet Al Bundy and love him. And then whenever he... We just somehow follow him around as he tried to make a movie career. Dutch. We watched Dutch. And dude, I think Dutch didn't go great for him as far as making money. But some of his side roles have been fantastic. Ford Fairlane. Oh like, my gosh. To this day... I still sing his booty hit single, time. Booty Time, baby. It's the only white disco song, in my opinion. <laughs> Morris Day's giving him props. <laughs> <laughs> when he starts busting out Booty Time in the USA, dude. Oh, Andrew Dice Clay, dude. That's the best scene. Dude, hey, dude. He's, he's like, man, what I ever do to you? Like, you want to know what you did to me? He tells him the whole story, dude. Uh, 1972, he's like... New band coming up the charts. Dude, it's when he starts singing Booty Time Across the USA. Yeah, because wasn't Andrew, Andrew Dice Clay was, was a radio DJ. DJ. It wouldn't yeah. play record. <laughs> it's not singing. Dude, he's just, dude. It's, okay, so that, that small role is great, but also his small role in Wayne's World is a killer. He was so funny. He takes the camera from Wayne. and say, we can stab man in the heart <laughs> in the dead of winter. Steam rises up. <laughs> Indians say it's his soul, even his body. <laughs> I've, I've always, always Why had a soft spot. Why is it if you spot. kill a man in the heat of battle, you're a hero? <laughs> but what is something about if you kill a man 
something, you're a murderer or something. Dude, he always went off the rails with that camera. Dude, Wayne's World, he was he was great in Wayne's World, dude. Dude, but uh, we've always been big at O'Neill fans. I don't know why we didn't watch Modern Family. I don't know why. I don't know. I maybe just, I'm not a big no. I don't have that. I don't. I didn't that. get into Community either. I didn't get into Parks and Recs. I didn't get into any of them shows. But you didn't do The Office, right? Or you didn't do the I office. hated The Office. So did I. Not because it's bad. I can't handle embarrassing humor. Yeah, I don't like that uncomfortable. I, stuff. I feel like I'm crawling out of my. I skin. got friends that love that stuff, and I'm just like, man, get, get away also, from me. I just I, I feel bad for people when they get embarrassed mm-hmm. because I remember being embarrassed a lot as a mm-hmm. child, and so there's this, it's, it's this. I just. Let me ask you this: Did you ever have the school fart? It happened to me in college, dude. That don't matter no more, dude. It does when you're in chapel. Nesto, little Nesto did that already. <laughs> <laughs> that was at Sunday school. Dude, I was sitting on concrete, dude. There's no more chairs to sit on concrete in this little alcove. I was in the corner. Co-ed? Co-ed. Oh, no! Yeah, I go to Moody Comfortable. And you got to be a certain kind of comedian to pull it off. Dude, I pretended I was asleep. Like I didn't know. I just pretended I was sleeping, which is the, it's, which it's even a, worse. It's, That's like the stinking uh, manager coming to America. Or no, the guy who wouldn't pay rent to come to America falls down the <laughs> stairs. Don't you think I know you that... Falling down the stairs routine, you know, that check, that rent check's due. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't think I ever, in high school, never, I never ripped one out, dude. I dropped a bomb over bag, Baghdad in gym class, dude. On accident? Like an idiot. <laughs> we were taking rolls, so we're all sitting on the stinking gym floor in our basketball shorts. And I, I'm talking to this this kid. I was, a, I think, a junior, and this kid was a freshman. I'm like, man, remember when you were in middle school or when you were younger, and you fart, and everybody make fun of you? Now nobody even cares in high school. And so I just go like I'm going to fart. But it was like a bomb over Baghdad. The whole stinking gym was like, ah! You pretended to fart in a real fart? No, no, I was going to squeeze a small one. Oh, and just... But the cheek went up too high, dude. <laughs> Dude. Right did on the floor, dude. Did you fart on the floor when you were in the Marines, dude? I ain't telling that story. <laughs> like I did tell that story. I don't know, man. I'm one of our pockets. We're 106 deep, I probably. I'm telling you, dude. But um, oh, so we're big Ed O'Neill fans. And in this movie, he's classic Ed O'Neill. He plays. He is, he's, he is the brother who went to Sinkin College. Um, had a, had a, he had a brief <laughs> pro career, didn't he? I think very. No, brief. he won the Heisman Trophy. That's what yes. his name came. Out. And he'd always do the Heisman. Yep, Heisman. Uh, the Heisman uh, the pose. pose. And he comes back to his hometown. He's celebrated. He's loved. His his uh, his used car dealership's doing awesome. Married the head cheerleader. Dude, the guy is living. The, he's wealthy, living the dream. And he decides he's going to coach a, a like a pee wee football team. And you, go, you see the practice happening, and they're just there's kids. They're small. He cuts some kids. Cuts the best player because it's, it's a, a girl. girl. It's, his, it's his niece. And everyone calls her Icebox, and it's Moranis' daughter. He cuts her because she's a girl, and in his mind, girls don't belong in the field. They belong in the kitchen. Um, and his words. <laughs> I mean, so. And that's all he's at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so she's heartbroken. She's upset. And this gets me because she goes to her dad like, Dad, Make a team for those of us who don't work cut from the team so we can play football. That's not what happens. She, after they, uh, after the, the people who, the kids who made the team were picking on them, she gets the go kart and 
you know, derails them all. Yeah. And they're like dogging her. So she yells at them. We have a we're, team. We're starting our own team. So then they tell their coach, yeah, yes, Neil. and it gets around town. And it, you literally watch it travel through the whole town. And it gets to Ed O'Neill, who walks right in to talk to Rick Moranis. And she runs up and says, can we, can we start a team or something? He's like, yeah, do, you know what? That would be great or whatever. And she's like, thanks, love you. And she, ran, she runs off. That's right. And he's like, I'm just hearing about it. And Ed O'Neill thinks he's doing it on purpose because of their feud. And so he's pissed at his brother already. He didn't even know about it. So Rick is not even for it that much. Uh, but not until he sees the attitude his brother's got. Ed O'Neill, what does he say to him? He like, listen to me or trust me. Or what does he say? That's what he says all the time. <clears throat> I knew you'd see it my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you'd see it my way. That's it. And he said, you know what? I've never seen it your way. <laughs> because he comes off of your the- way. You know, matter of fact, your way sucks. <laughs> and Rick Brennan's like, I'm going to do this thing. And so they, they start putting a team They're together. doing a one-game championship. Winner is the t- town's <clears throat> team. Because the town can only have one team. And he's literally like, I don't want to win. I just want to play. I just want the kids to play. That's it. And oh, it takes off, bro. So he starts putting together a team, and he if his first he has just the kids. I mean, it's a game who can't shoot straight, dude. I it's mean, like. I mean, over, you have overprotective mom. You got nerdy kid with the, the greatest football play in all of football history, the annexation of Puerto Rico. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I've never forgotten that. John Madden was even like. Good job, kid. <laughs> John Madden, dude. Wasn't Emma Smith in it? Yeah. That was your boy, dude. That dude, was I, your favorite. I used to love the Cowboys when I was a kid. I, that's so crazy that you were such a hardcore Cowboys Well, fan. dude, they were the winners. They were, dude, they, in the 90s, they were crushing. Yeah. Aikman, Steakin Irvin, or Irving, and yeah. uh, uh, Emmett Smith. They were just crushing people. And I, and, and, you know, when, you're a Detroit, when you're a Detroit Lions fan, you got to have another team to root for. Just so you can Yeah, have, but, dude, we had Barry Sanders. He was the Michael Jordan. He is the Michael Jordan of football. Yes, he is. We watched him carry eight Redskins in a playoff game. <laughs> but was it enough, though? No, they lost 40-something to three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, <clears throat> so now you have the stakes. Two teams, one Did town. Did you say steak? <laughs> <laughs> Tony and I were walking out of a movie theater once. <gasps> And it was a short guy. No, we were walking out of the fight night of the palace. <gasps> oh, shoot, we were. And, and this dude, this guy. He's got a really pretty grown Oh, arm. she's fine as a mug. And he looked like Vinny from Doogie Hauser. <laughs> 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 she's like 5'10. He's probably 5'6. Dude, and he had <laughs> arm around her. Loving life. They're walking in the car, dude. And these, oh. dude. These brothers that were next to us, dude, um, these African-American gentlemen, uh, they were just, they're just jerks, dude. And they start quoting Deuce Bigelow, male chickalo, and a huge bitch. <laughs> dude. We're looking at each other like, is this happening? You literally looked at me with the same face you had when we were at the prison and you heard the first, first time hearing Baba Booey at the PGA tournament. <laughs> You're like, that really happens? Dude, that poor Baba guy. Baba Booey! <laughs> Couldn't there? He's a small guy with his girl. There's like three dudes. You know what it is? Haters. She was fine, dude. But I mean, it was embarrassing. Yeah, take it, dude. Could do nothing to defend his girl. I felt bad for the guy, dude. (laughs) Dude, those guys. I bet you they got in the car and she's like, "Really? Oh, you didn't hear it, huh?" (laughs) 
<laughs> it's okay, honey. <laughs> Drop me off at Tyrone's. Patting him on the head. It's okay, baby. <laughs> so, the stakes are set. The movie goes, puts together this, this team, and it leads all this culmination in a f- two football teams playing against one another. You have a really good football team, coached by a really good football player. Yep. Moranis is not a good coach. He he's loves the kids. He's never made a team before. And everything but he's got a secret weapon. He's <clears throat> got the icebox. And he's got a great quarterback. Yeah, they find Devin Sawa throwing toilet paper across the aisle into the, into the cart. And for the first time in her life, she's got a crush on a boy. Yep. Which happens to every Eating girl. powdered donuts. Got a face full of white powder. Now, some things in this movie. A couple things. First, Spike is a horrifying child. You see, he's 12 years old, comes out of a moving truck with a carrying an old, old school fridge yeah. with those carrying straps on it across the shoulder. The, the kid is, and the, 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 the father is just psycho. Yep. He's talking, like, telling the. I massage his hamstrings. <laughs> Sicko, dude. Dude, he's, dude, he's, dude, he used to put the ball across the, uh, the floor with his head. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, a couple things. First of all, the little giants never win this football game. 100 times out of 100, they get their ass whooped. <laughs> Dude, I like at halftime, it's 14 to nothing. That's not the score First at halftime. First of all, that's uh, a minute and a half into the game, it's 14 to nothing. <laughs> Dude, in I'm real saying, life. when I was younger, I was spiked for a while. I grew, I had a real big growth spurt. I got, when I got ahead of everybody, play football with the, the neighborhood kids, and I just run through everybody, every play. And I didn't take the ball every time, so that'd be unfair. But when I, I, I take the ball, I just crush through people. Spike couldn't be tackled. All I had to do was give Spike the ball. He rushed through everybody and touched down seven points every single time. And like they're like, it's fun. I'm just saying, in real life, they're down forty-two to nothing at dude, the half, dude. Why you gotta be a hater? I I love them. I'm just saying. As I said, now I'm like, man, maybe they're being nice. I don't know. They didn't want to. They didn't want to mercy. The, 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 didn't the, you listen to the analogy Rick Moranis gave at halftime, dude? What was it? was about how him and his brother used to race every day after school. <gasps> Tony, that's a great story. It's a great story. T- finish it. Well, he just says every day, he, he, you know, his brother would whoop him. And one day, he beat him. And everybody's like, what? And he goes, the one, there, I may have lost every time, but one time he won. So they're like, he's looking at the kids. He's like, y'all, you need just that one time. We're playing a game today. So it kind of gets them pumped up. It's awesome. The best part, though, is Icebox shows up in her cheerleading getup because she wants to be a pretty girl. There's a scene before the big game. Because she gosh. she likes this boy, and he doesn't see her. like They're teammates. They're playing at football. Yep. So he doesn't think about her as a girlfriend. And it bothers her. She like, what do I need That's because her cousin is the head cheerleader. Right, and, and he's showing her pretty, attention. and she's flirtatious. She's not. She doesn't know how to, know how to flirt. Yeah. She doesn't know how to be. That's like, why she gets pissed at her dad because he raised her like a boy. Right. But the thing is, when she cuts into him, it's unfair. Dude. It is, but you know how kids are. I know. I just felt bad because he did this for he her. He didn't even. Yeah, that was what pissed me off. But he didn't even realize it was happening. And he, he it was not on his radar at all. Didn't know she was going through this. Like she's like, you're doing this for you and doing it to. 
because you're vendetta with your brother, and that's not why he did it for her. And maybe it got, but you're right. She's hurting. She doesn't want to yell that. She yells at her dad. I'm just saying, as a father, I don't get ready. By the way, I do not. I look forward to the day. Get ready. She loads her guns and shoots me in the face with her accusations. Oof. Because it's gonna happen. Oh yeah. She's gonna say I raised her wrong. She's gonna tell me all these things. I'm gonna take those hits and not fight back, dude. Like, go to your room. You can be like, Tony, I'm ready for that beer. <laughs> I'm like, a soul's been cold for 25 years. <laughs> there's a special, it's like the, uh, what movie is that where there's a bullet he has for that one person the whole time? Is it Pass the Caribbean? He has a bullet? Yeah, he has a bullet. I thought you were talking about the rookie with Charlie Sheen and Clint Eastwood. Oh or Raul my. Julia's got a bullet on around his neck, yeah. and his woman's got a bullet around her neck. And if one of them dies, they kill they, the other one kills themselves. Got the bullet waiting. Wow, that movie's dark. Oh, speaking of ways, dude, I went on a Clint Eastwood tear the other day. You saw what you watch? You watched uh, Heartbreak Ridge. Heartbreak Ridge. The first Dirty Harry. Dude, Dirty Harry. Racist as a mug. Racist and chauvinist. Uh, which he doesn't change at all, and he's ninety. He's still doing the same thing, but dude. It's a little dude, funny. He's got. <laughs> it's a little. Dirty. He's, it's a little he's, bit funny. He gets a Mexican partner, and he is so racist to that guy, dude. <laughs> it's bad. What year is that movie? The eighty seventy. Oh, it's seventies. One. I got to see the first one. I've never seen the first. Oh, one. Oh, it's brutal, dude. There's sudden impact. Is one is a Dirty Harry movie as well, and there's another. And there's three Dirty Harry movies at least. But, um, crap. So, okay. So, she gives him the business, and she, dude, there's a scene. And this is your scene, dude, where she, it, it, it's, it's, I want this to happen someday. I know it's going to happen. She can't go to her dad with something, yeah. so she goes to her uncle. You know, I know that sometimes parents are going to be a thing that's hard to talk to, and she might go to, my kids might go to you, they might go to Jesus, might go to grandma. You know what I'm saying? Grammy Ness, our mom. That's going to happen. I'm not going to be mad about that because I know that that's what family's for. Different voices speaking to the kids' lives. But she goes to her uncle and she's real sad and she needs some advice from, from, from Uncle Uncle Stinkin', uh, what's his name? Uncle Kevin. Kevin. And she's talking about gr- boys and girls and crushes a little bit. She doesn't want to reveal all her cards because she's embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But she asks her uncle and it's... It's the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life. She asks him, she's like, you know, Uncle Kev, am I pretty? And I think every little girl's asked that question at some point yeah. in her life. And dude, he just looks at her and he's like, no. She looks down at her food. Heartbroken. Yeah. He's just like, so he goes, no. I think you're beautiful. No, no, he didn't say a thing. Oh, he's going. He says, no. And she looks down and he says, you're beautiful. And I was like, oh, <laughs> her face lights up. And you're like, oh, my gosh. So you see, I don't and need that is when she decides to be a I'm not a football player no right. more. I want to be a pretty girl to get this guy to like me. It shows you Ed O'Neill, even though he's kind of was a bad, not, not a great big brother, he still loves his family. Oh, yeah. He's not a Terry. He might, you know, be a, a, a kind of a little like uh, full of himself, but he still, he loves his family. 
Um, dude, his wife loves him, but even she kind of oh, laughs. She dogs him, dude. When, there's a scene. When First of all, what was he trying to accomplish there, <laughs> dude? Dude, that's the stupidest <laughs> thing. Dude, he's in his house. He looks at her and she's like, <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm gonna show you guys how to tackle. And so he has his wife hold a pill like a uh, like a mattress, like a little mattress, a little mattress. And he's gonna, dude, what do you think? He's gonna double leg take down her, dude. <laughs> dude he's gonna totally do that. And she's scared. She's trying to tell him not to. He's just like, get, he's all pumped up. He's getting all jazzed like, like you went on the field. Come on, coach. Yeah. Dude, and all, the kids are all pumped for him, dude. <laughs> and he takes off on that three-point stance. Mm-hmm. And she wisely, he starts running through the living room, dude. And she jumps out of the way. He hits that mattress. Goes through the upstairs window. Dude, it balls first on the tree limb. <laughs> Right into the pool, dude. It's it's classic, dude. Oh, dude. And later on, her and the daughters are watching him get hurt. Yep, they're watching they're the tape. Rewinding it over and over again. And that's funny. Because she watching your your like proud man get humbled, yeah. it's it's funny. But Ed O'Neill, so even though he comes off as an arrogant prick sometimes, he still loves his family. He's a sweet guy in his own way. <clears throat> and uh that scene with the her, dude. I grown up with like so. Anyone watching this one, listening to this podcast, if you have daughters, I'm gonna tell you something right now. This is a, I'm gonna give you a, okay. I, I, I there's studies been done on this. <clears throat> very very interesting observation. Man, my voice sucks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's this. Generally, in American society, when a little girl gets any kind of praise upon her. It's usually for her looks. It's just what it is. Your hair looks uh, nice. It's a, it's a pretty dress. For boys, they're often praised for their accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You got good grades. You did good in this sport. So boys learn that their behavior will win them love, and girls learn their beauty gives them love, which is not a good lesson for either gender. So I've tried to tell my daughter. I try to praise her for her mind and her strength and her heart, and when she's loving, when she's kind to others, and she, when I see her be sweet to people and lead well, and I, I, I praise her when she's doing well because I want to praise her soul and her heart, not just her beauty. But I also know that's still in there, that desire to be beautiful. So I do, if she ever asks me those questions, Dad, am I pretty? I'm going to say, yeah, you're beautiful because I want her to know that like her, she is like, so I'm just saying, dads. I'll say, I guess, basically, affirm your daughters, affirm their heart, affirm their soul if they need to. You know, you can affirm their beauty, um, but be careful. Don't affirm their beauty. Don't don't only affirm their beauty because it can it can hurt a girl. Because if she thinks her only value is her 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 looks, those change over time, man. Like, I mean, I'm I'm turning forty in like a month. Old ass, dude. I mean, I'm getting more gray hairs in my beard. Don't even talk to me about gray hairs in your beard, you <coughs> ass. I'm saying it's going to happen, dude. I'm going to catch you, dude. Silver <laughs> fox, baby. But uh, body changes, dude. Things don't. I had to move in. <laughs> but uh, so that, that's a free one. So um, let's see here. Um, Is there any favorite characters if, uh, on the team, on the Giants team? Who's on the Little favorite, Giants team? Who's your favorite on the Little Giants team? Besides Icebox, because she's awesome. She's badass, cool. yeah. She's, she's great. Um, beside her, I don't know who my favorite Little Giant 
is? Mine is Jake Berman. Who's Jake Berman? Overprotective mother. You like the glasses? He's the funniest kid. He's talking about intimidation in front of the mirror with his shirt off. <laughs> he's flexing. He, okay, listen. It's one of the scariest kids I've ever seen in my life. Dude, when he. The kid has no chest. When he, the one kid knocks him down. Oh. Why don't you go cry for your mama? Don't be talking about my mama. <laughs> he was like so pissed. <laughs> he went straight up water boy on that kid, dude. Don't be talking about my mama. But the, remember when he shows up with all the bubble wrap on, dude, and they're like pushing him, and he hits head first. Dong. Oh. And he's the one with the snap bubble, too, that dude, dude. It was dude, so that, funny. That's grossly out so bad. It grossed <laughs> her out. So the director of this movie is a guy named um, Dwayne Dunham. Dwayne Dunham only made directed one of the movie in his life. He directed the film Homeward Bound. The first one? First one. With Michael J. Fox? Yes! Dude. My kids love it's a it's a good it's a movie. Good movie dude. It's a great that's a crying movie. Yes, it's a good it's Henry, I think that's the one where Henry watched with the kids and he was bawling and they're like, <laughs> What's wrong, Daddy? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> dude, that's a good one. Man. And is it Roseanne Barr the cat? I don't remember, it's been forever. I think Roseanne Barr's I the just cat. I remember Michael J. Fox. And I know the old guy who plays the the old dog, Yellow, um something like Yellow, I think his name was Yellow or something. But anyways, um, but there is a scene where Rannis does outplay his brother. When Bundy comes, when Rick Osh, you know, when Edward Nilkov looks to spy on him and he calls the cops on those, those, that is, that a, was so funny. That's so mean, dude. Didn't know you had it in you. <laughs> <laughs> dude, he, even he had to be like, yeah, like you done got, got me. You done got me, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, didn't he call pretend he was like an old lady being spied on? Yes, dude. Call like, there's a peeping Tom. Peep, peeping. <laughs> dude, that's a great pull, that peeping episode. I, I will never forget about that. Dude, listen, I used to, my favorite Al Bundy moments were literally him coming off the roof. When that mannequin came off the roof, the it's, the ah, fake, it's the fakest crap. That's why it's so funny, Made dude. Me laugh Because Because when the mannequin hits, it's just stops. <laughs> It's just a sack of potatoes, dude. Dude, it was in, he put the vocals on it. It's good. His, <laughs> his falling down vocals were great, dude. I remember the episode where Al Bundy, where his car gets stolen. Remember? And, and that car was in a lot of episodes. His car, what was it? Was it a Buick? I a have Ford? No idea. It, was a, it was an American made vehicle. Yeah. But there was one episode where he had a, where uh, he was going to go over. A million miles. A million miles. It was going to go over all zeros. No, it was going to roll down the driveway or something. And it it rolled on the driveway. He was going to get a brand new car because they were going to film it, and he was going to get. And it rolled, and he didn't get nothing, dude. Oh, there was one. There was one where his car got stolen, and he's saying how like in the truck was the Mona Lisa. And stuff. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> and they found it. And they're like, good thing, man. Like. Only one of those Da Vinci's in the world. Like, dang, dude, he was getting all that money. It, it's just, he never got a break. Dude, I'll say this, though. He was about how his wife was, like, draining the life out of him. She was a pretty, she was, she was like. She, I was always, I was always confused about that. Because <laughs> she was, like, horny, wanted him. All the th- dude, I mean, she was kind of, like, portrayed as kind of, like, a. I loved Sons of Anarchy. Because she was in it. She was always Peggy Bundy to me. Always. The whole time, I'm like, that's Peggy. 
hair wasn't done the same way. She, no, but it's her. You know it's her. She had that Aquanet hair, right? The, oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I don't know how. Thank your father. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> but I don't know how a woman can make her hair do that. It's called that, hairspray, fool. I'm saying, though, like, it would be like these. What? You must not remember Aquanet. I don't, dude. Dude, Aquanet will make anything stand up. It'll hold. It'll hold. It's hard, too. How do you wash that crap out? If you, you get wet, will it just come out and that's like... I mean, you got to wash it. You Dude, watch me you wash it. if you were wearing them. hairspray and it's raining, wake up in your eyes and like blind oh, yeah. you? Oh, your face would be sticky. Oh, yep. shoot, dude. I missed the hairspray. You Did you ever do hairspray? Hell yeah. In high school or junior high? All of the above. Man, I, I, I didn't do my hair for the first, like, until I was like 30 years old, dude. I didn't start doing my hair... Until we started going to Consolidated Barbershop. That's because you finally started getting a good haircut. You told me to come with you. Dude. L.A. Cliff's ass. All, listen, all my fashion you have helped me create. Well, that's not good, dude, because <laughs> I wear black t-shirts. <laughs> listen, I wear my gray shirt because you showed me where to buy a cheap shirt. I'm like, this is a cheap, great shirt. And I've been wearing that shirt ever since. <laughs> I'm serious. It, it ain't fashion. It's called being ghetto broke. <laughs> dude, it's, you know what's funny, though, is I have all the best drum equipment. But I don't spend money on I'm saying else. we choose what we spend money on. I don't uh, want to spend money on clothes. So I, I spent four for ninety seven on a gray shirt, and it's awesome. I bought a brand new gray shirt the other day, dude, cause, and I, I bring it home. Smell it. Busted up some salsa. Blam! You idiot. First chip got me. That's why you got to just be like Trailer Park Boy and just eat your salsa with a white beater on. <laughs> dude, it won't matter. Sometimes when I come home, I'm going to have salsa or something. I take my sh- over shirt off. Because I'm like, I'm going to ruin the shirt if I eat it with food. Eat food with it. I, you can't even go to eat. <laughs> we go somewhere and the first ketchup. Blah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh. <laughs> Every time, dude. Um, so, uh, Little Giants is a, gr- is, is, it's a, it's a great... Did you say mama? We didn't even talk about that Chinese kid, the kickball kid. Oh. Nothing but glass. <laughs> dude. That kid was sweet. So the- was... Oh, I loved... You rang. He was awesome. Dude, we've been saying that our entire you lives. Remember when he got hit on the football tryouts with Ed O'Neill? And then it looked like he had blood on his on his forehead, but it was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It is. And Ed O'Neill, he grabs it and he goes, <laughs> What flavor jam is that? Oh, did he say uh, grape or, or what, uh, what flavor is that? Is that grape? And I think the kid said strawberry or something, or just said something else. And then it was like, Wimp. <laughs> it's just so funny. And he grabs the sandwich, starts munching on it. He's like, what kind of Cheetos are those? <laughs> those puffs are crunchy. That's what he calls them. Yeah. He calls them puffs are crunchy. Puffs. Wimp. <laughs> <laughs> You're off my team. You remember when he's running? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like hyperventilating. Oh my gosh! He scores a touchdown, doesn't he? Score a touchdown? Yeah. I'm talking about at the tryout when he's running. Oh man! Dude. And then and then Rick Moranis gets the like second black kid in the whole town. And he can't even catch. Oh. And he's got the coolest dad ever, dude. When he scores a touchdown, his dad's going crazy, dude. It's a, it's awesome, dude. It's, it's a great movie. It's a fun. It's a fun movie. I love when they get in that argument before the game, and the microphone picks it up. And the whole stadium hears them yelling at each other. Dude. And he hears Kevin being a bully. And Rick Moranis finally sticks up for himself. And he says, listen, that, what does it say? 
the gas station is a landmark. Or he says, the gas station is something. And they don't know dogs is gas station. Dogs have everything about them. And he says, I will put that up against any business in this town. And Ed O'Neill puts his car dealership up against the gas station. Which is a crazy What thing. an idiot. It's a crazy thing to do. Everyone else knows he's going to lose that game. Yeah. But he's like, it can't back down because it's, 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 it's time. He is- even says, what am I doing? But, dude, he stood up for himself, though. He wins it all. I, do you think he took the, the, the No. That's why they made the deal. He said, we got to be able to come up with another arrangement. That's when he got the O'Shea Brothers water tower. You're right. And the movie ends yep. with the, oh, the water tower with the O'Shea brothers. O'Shea Brothers. That's really sweet. Yep. Because he, he doesn't need, uh, he says, uh, don't you need uh, something about an assistant coach or something? He, yeah. So they come up with a deal. He goes, he's like, I don't know how to coach. You do. Let me be your assistant. Like, yeah. It's really. Like, Rick Moranis is the, takes the high road, dude. High, high road all day long. Highway to heaven. <laughs> Michael Landon. Michael Landon. <laughs> the last of the prairie. <laughs> Landmark gas station. Touched by an angel. No, wait. It's Highway to Heaven. That's, the, that's what it's called. Yeah, Highway touched to... by an angel. <laughs> it's happened a couple times, dude. <laughs> Not that angel. <laughs> she got touched twice. So, um, ah! how, how, can you, how can you support the show? So, First, you can go to patreon.com slash redroomthetray. You can give a dollar a month. Make the podcast go. It pays the bills. Comes to spend in new territory. Dude, I didn't tell you. I got a crazy business email this week, dude. From? I can't say. The email said this is confidential. Please don't share this information. Well, what a flip would you tell I'm me? I'm just telling you. Someone, there's a, a company, a major American company, trying to make way into the podcast game. Okay? Because, you know, Spotify's making a play. Spotify bought Joe Rogan's podcast. And Spotify. Are you telling me that we're getting a million dollars for the Red Room Theater? No, 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 no. We, there's no money involved. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Damn it. This is a kid's movie. <laughs> Let it um, play, dude. Don't be a wuss. So, we're puffs are crunchy. <laughs> so, all I know is Spotify bought Rogan and they also got Michelle Obama to do a podcast just for Spotify. So they're, they're, they're coming into this podcast game. Everyone wants a piece of the podcast pie. Well, some other players try to get in the podcast game. A new, new, there's a new opponent, you know? And they emailed us, said, we want to have like 10,000 podcasts on launch. Would you join our launch team? And I'm like, these are the things we get if we, we say yes to it. They give us some like, like access to their services for discounts and stuff. So might do it, bro. Those are teasers. I don't know what that is. It's a strip club. Oh, no. Trying to get access to their services. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, anyway, <clears throat> if you want to, our podcast says we have no. We have no get ad- in on the ground floor. We're about to blow up. <laughs> we have no advertisers. We're just two guys in a basement doing our thing. Two brothers in the city of Flint doing our thing, man. Uh, if you want to give a dollar like the podcast, go. You can go to patreon.com slash We're at like $94. We were at 100 but we had, a, we had a guy who had a drop because of COVID. Chain, people got financially strapped, man, for COVID. I know. So, That's why you're only getting one episode, you little punks. So we're doing one episode a month. If we bust 100, if six of you listening give a dollar a month, we'll break that $100 a month barrier, and we'll have to do two episodes a month. That'll be good for you, harder for us. But you know, you're worth it. So 
Yeah, so six more people give a dollar, we're good to go. So that's if you want to go to patreon.com slash redrum tea tray, or you can go to redrum tea, you can go to redrum.threadless.com to our t-shirt store. See all our great designs there. And um you can buy t-shirts, you can buy towels, you can buy all kinds of great stuff. Um, you can buy the Dang Gina logo, you can buy the Redrum Theater logo, you can buy the Raised by Movies logo, all great stuff that you can re- you can get right there. Or if you just want to give us a tip on PayPal, a one-time gift. On the website, redrumthetray.com, you can go there and just give us a one-time tip on PayPal just to say, you know, you're awesome. Now, how this movie raises right, very simply, we, we, we already touched this subject during our talk. Just bringing others with you, dude, not leaving people out. And I, people do this all the time, dude. I remember we used to go to, at church. People would go out after church, and they would, like, not talk oh, about dude. until certain people left. I, I blew that one up one day. And it was one of the funnest nights I ever had. Dude. People are dickheads, dude. I don't care where you're at. Dude, it's true. Like, why? Why not just include people? It's funny because it was, we're all adults. And you're at church. The place where you're supposed to be accepting of everyone. And there's still cliques. There's still people that are popular. It's like, dude, you're the popular guy at church. Oh, I can't use that analogy I was going to use. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you suck. <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> he, he, that guy. That they That's an SCTV guy, isn't it? Yes, he is. But he was in a weird TV show when I was a kid. Freaks and Geeks? Not Freaks and Geeks. It was like a haunted TV show. That sounds familiar. And I think it might have been on TNT or something, and he was in it. And I can't place what it was. That's a, that's a deep pull. I don't know where I'm going. But he was like a weird... Like, that sounds familiar. It was scary comedy, and he was in it. It was like a TNT or USA show. Dude. Anyways. Okay, sorry. Okay, so... Tony and I, growing up, because we know what it's like to be outsiders, because we've always moved around and been in new places, we've always had to build our own community. Wherever we, had, wherever we land, we had to build a group of friends. And... We always did, though. I, we got good at it. We got good at like, and you you were better at it fast than I was, Tone, because you were more social. Fat, like I was awkward for a while, but you dude always had a group. My first time going to church ever, I came with you to play basketball because you had a group of friends that all went to church to play basketball. And you sucked at basketball. I I still suck at basketball, dude. I'm bad. Um, I'm not athletic, dude. I'm just not. I've never been. Uh, football. I can just was crash. it Maniac Mansion? Yes. Is it a video game or is it a show? No, it's a show. It's three seasons. I'm telling you, was it USA or TNT? It doesn't say, but it, dang it! I'm te- I remember that it was on. I forgot he was in Who's Harry Crumb too. Remember? <gasps> Come on, baby! <laughs> Trying to get the chains. Chains out of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Candy was SCTV, dude. SCTV was like was Canada's version of SNL. Eugene Levy, um, Christina O'Hara. O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara. We got great crew oh, coming yeah. out of there. Wasn't was two wild crazy guys. That was SNL. That wasn't. Yeah, that was Steve Martin and was it Dan Aykroyd and Steve Martin? I don't know. But there's one. <gasps> there, I can't remember what it. Anyway, since are you thinking of Eugene mm-hmm. Levy, Rick Moranis on Club Paradise? No, no, <laughs> dude, the brothers. Harry chest, Ooh, oiled up. <laughs> Harry chest, short shorts, dude. That was Rick Moranis. That's right. Yeah. Club Paradise. Um, 
So bring others with you. It's 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 great to do. It's just yeah. People just need to be given a chance you, to come out of their shell. When you accept people later on in life, you never know who that was, whose whose life you changed. Or for I mean, it, it it could be something small, but it could be something big. Legit, dude. Because people are depressed. And people are lonely. Yeah, they are. We still meet people. Uh, we live in a city of Flint, and it's not a big city. I don't care if you go to Chicago or New York, you go to any major American city, and people, even though there's people all around you, people still are alone. Mm-hmm. People go to their apartments, and they are alone. People, it, it, there's, a, there's songs about it. Like, it's, a, it's a lonely world, man. And including people, inviting people along, it's just nice to be included. And there was a long time where I wasn't, and I, I remember I felt like not to be on the, and, and now after I did become a little popular, I had some friends, I liked, I mean, when I was at high school, we had like three lunch tables, and anyone was welcome to come to our lunch tables and hang out with us. In college, literally, I, like, in the college I went to, you had like a, your floor had a table, like, so Colby 10 had a table, or the 10th floor, and so Colby 10 had a sister floor. Like the girl building had a room like, so Colby 10 and Sister Floor 8 were a table they shared, a big old long table. I never sat with my bros and sisses. I always went to these middle tables that were kind of for like the teachers and stuff. We claimed the table and it was all for the, the gang who wouldn't shoot straight. And so all of us sat there and all the crew I ran with all dropped out of college. We all got in trouble. We all, but you know, it was a place you could just come and Hang, it was great. It was a great, it was, it was really fun. Anyways, for next month, for September, we have an incredible. This is a shootout. We're doing a Paul Verhoeven special. Paul Verhoeven is a director who directs violence, probably one of the grittiest violent, violence guys. It, it's early, too. He's 80s. His violence is very visceral oh. and grotesque. Here is Paul Verhoeven's choices for the month of September. You vote for the classic RoboCop. Takes place in Detroit. Or the equally classic Total Recall. Man, I don't know which one I want to win. These are two films. These are heavyweight films. These are both science fiction's masterpieces. This is Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier movies. <laughs> so you make your pick over on um, Patreon. If you give a dollar a month, you can vote for this. This is a big vote. Your vote matters. Okay, Adam Vogel, your vote matters. Your, your voice. John Street. I wonder what you guys are voting for. <laughs> so you listen to podcast our, our podcast on the Apple Podcast Store on Spotify and soon another service. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, like Better show, not be an Android deal. If you like the show, leave a review. You follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash redrumthetray. And also, we've been leaving like one sentence reviews. It's been really fun. I'm going to do, th- I think, three tomorrow. Do them, dude. Tear it up. Um, as always, I'm Ernesto. And I'm Antonio. And we'll see you next month. Uh... At the Red Rum Theater. Booty time, booty time, across the USA. Booty time, booty time, hey, hey.